0: Welcome to the Sunbury Press Book Show on the BookSpeak Network. Sunbury Press publishes print, electronic, and audiobooks under a variety of imprints and categories, available worldwide wherever books are sold. And now your host, the founder and CEO of Sunbury Press, Lawrence Knorr.
1: We're at the Christian Baker Farm near historic Boiling Springs, Pennsylvania. My guest today is the author, Reverend Bob Ford, the author of Bramble Rambles, Bramble Rambles is a collection of reflections from Pastor Ford, which were composed while he was exercising his hounds in the field at dawn. They're intended to be conversation starters and not dogmatic answers. The Rambles are meant to provide a starting point for faith-based dialogue in a world where all ponder the difficult questions of life. Ford draws upon a ministry of over 25 years as a pastor and realizes that sometimes our spiritual needs are met by asking questions together. These rambles all appeared originally in social media posts to provide a positive message in a medium that is so often negative. The popularity of those posts prompted the gathering of rambles found here. Bob and his wife Renee are both pastors in central Pennsylvania. Bob has been in parish ministry since 1996 and served as a student pastor in Ohio, a parish in Tioga County, Pennsylvania, and currently serves as a pastor in Clearfield County, also in the Keystone State. Bob loves to be in nature where he can be found with a bible and notebook with his beloved beagles with him. Welcome Bob Ford. Um,
2: Hello.
1: <laughs> now, to be, you know, to reveal to the audience, we've been publishing Bob Ford's books for 11 years now, maybe 12. When did we get started, Bob? It was quite a ways back. 2011? I don't know.
2: Uh, There's 11 books. I know there's 11 books.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, we're going to talk about Bramble Rambles to get started today. But Bob is also the author of the Beagle Tales series, which I believe we're starting to work on number nine or number eight. Uh, My memory fails. Uh,
2: Well, maybe ten. It's going to be titled number nine, but there was also Beagle Tales Christmas, which Uh, is just nothing but Christmas stories.
1: Right. And then, of course, the classic rabbit stew for your soul which I absolutely love the concept. I have to admit I haven't prepared any of the rabbit dishes yet, but I probably should because they look delicious. Or maybe I need (laughs) to come to your place to give them a try.
2: (laughs) The scotch eggs are – everybody loves the scotch eggs.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, we got eggs here with with the chickens that we have, so maybe we can combine that and make that happen. (laughs) So I know uh, we just released Bramble Rambles. It's a little bit different than some of your other books. Your other book's more – Weaving the hunting tales and the beagle tales uh, into life lessons—not so much uh, uh, a Christian message as bramble rambles. More your thoughts as a pastor. So, tell me about how that got started. You know, you're out out in the woods, out in the brambles. Do you yeah, get inspired.
2: Out in yeah, out in the field with the dogs, and you know, in the summer, I'll be out there by five thirty in the morning. Um, you know, before the heat of the day, and I'll be working on my sermon, I'll be working on Bible studies, and sometimes I'm just, you know, working on uh, subjects that <clears throat> seem pertinent at the time, whether it be a tragic loss in somebody's family at church, or you know, uh, you, you know, some other sort of a difficult theological issue that somebody's working through, and uh i just started typing those rambling thoughts onto my facebook page i mean i've been doing it for years and years but you know the actual work in the woods but i I just decided to uh put those things on my facebook page because so often if i open my facebook it's, you know, nothing but people arguing over, you know, people argue over Ford versus Chevy or in the hunting world, 308 versus 30-06, and it's just real kind of petty arguments. And, and even in the Beagle world, what bloodline of Beagle do you have? That one's no good, but, you know, mine is better. And I thought, I'm so tired of seeing this stuff. I'll just try to put something uplifting on here. Um, and they're long. I mean, <clears throat> at least for that medium they're long. Um, you know, in a world where people, you know, and I had to Google it uh, TLTR or something, too long to read. Okay. Um, but I said, you know what? I don't care. I'm going to write the whole thought and the whole concept. And they were surprisingly popular.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, I think it's a great concept to get them into print as well. And of course, that converts into ebooks and. We can distribute those thoughts uh, in a variety of mediums, but yeah, um, yeah the social media criticism. Uh, you know, some time ago, I practically dropped off of social media altogether because I started to sense the censorship that was occurring and just the divisiveness, the nastiness of it. I thought this is not not healthy. Now, my reaction to it was to bail out and not participate and uh however you've you've kind of gone in a different direction which is hey I'm going to put something nice and positive on here so what kind of reaction have you gotten from your parishioners or from other people you're connected with
2: i mean it's it's all been positive and um during covid of course our bishop had all of our churches closed uh for a time period and so we had church online um and we still do, at one of our services, we just put on the joys, scripture, and sermon is all we put on Facebook Live. But there's people that through, uh, you know, the posts that I would make that got interested, and there's people that don't even live anywhere near Pennsylvania that watch every Sunday, and um, And I don't know if they have another church that they also go to, or if this is the only one that they participate in in some way. Um, But you know, it's you know, I I, I get contact from people that I've never met personally who ask questions and share share their troubles and share their joys, and you know, it's almost like you know them, but I've never met most of those people in my whole life. Well,
1: yeah, I was I was also thinking, as you were talking about, you know, I go for a lot of long walks. It's all part of this exercise exercise regimen I'm on to try to lose a little weight, get a little healthier, get my numbers down for the dock and so on. But I often find when I'm on these walks, especially the back half, so while I'm out there for 45 minutes to an hour. And it seems like once you get your blood moving and you're out there in the fresh air, I get inspired with all kinds of ideas. I get answers to questions I've been thinking about or an idea for this or that or how I want to change the business or, you know, you name it. So is, is that sort of what happens here? You know, you're so far into your, your day and you just hit this, this point where it's blissful or <laughs> I don't
2: yeah. know. Yeah, I'm just out there with the dogs. And, of course, they're chasing rabbits. And that's kind of like, you know, the background noise for me. And I'm walking – briskly or sometimes running to stay in the vicinity of them in case they would go near a road or something like that. And I'm almost always in a place where cell phones don't work, which is wonderful. And uh, I just, you know, sort of zone out and, you know, think about things that need to be thought about or question things that need to be questioned. And uh, it's just me and the dogs, and it just makes... Basically, my whole life since I was 13 years old, the background noise of my thinking has been beagles.
1: Yeah. Well, we're going to zone out for a minute, Bob, and take a break, and we'll be back.
0: Sunbury Press Books opens the door to Pennsylvania Dutch and German history with our imprint, Fink Press. Find out about the lives of figures in early American history through the Muhlenbergs of Pennsylvania, or Conrad Weiser, Friend of Colonist and Mohawk by Paul A. Wallace, Joseph G. Rosengardens, The German Soldier in the Wars of the United States, or The Indians of Berks County by D.B. Bruner. Check out the wide variety of available works, both fiction and nonfiction, at sunburypress.com.
1: I'm back with Reverend Bob Ford, the author of Bramble Rambles, the Beagle Tales series, and Rabbit Stew for Your Soul. So, Bob, these messages, that uh, these inspirations, uh, I know as a Christian pastor, uh, having, having read your messages, they, they don't seem to be preachy. They're, they're very much uh, applicable to everyday life. You know, is that deliberate or is there, uh, is there some design to that?
2: yeah i mean you know there's often within the overall ramble just an entertaining story that's nothing more than an entertaining story but it's used to illustrate a larger point you know so i remember you know years ago you know learning you know when you write a sermon on sundays you know, you have a framework, which is your overall sermon, your points, one, two, three, A, B, C, whatever they might be. But the way to reinforce those points is with some kind of a story, be it something humorous or something very interesting or something shocking. And then you use that story to reinforce the point. And so, you know, I. I You know, I hate to say it, but, you know, there was a time when you could uh, just reference some Bible narrative and move on, you know, in a sermon. You know, you could, you know, you know, bring up some uh, some text that, you know, you just presumed everybody knew and use that as a launching point. But now, you, I mean, you just got to explain every little thing because the you know, the. World's not as biblically literate as it once was, and so you know you got to use a little story that draws people in, and that's kind of the way that I fashion these bramble rambles too. And and I don't presume we all come from the faith tradition if we're reading these, so I really do mean them to be conversation starters and not answers.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, it's a great approach, and you know you mentioned something there about um, maybe the state of the church today. Um, what are you seeing in your own experience, as far as your parishioners or churches in general that you visit or interact with? You know, how's the attendance? What's the any any shifts in philosophy, that kind of thing? I know that would probably take a three or four hour show, but <laughs> if you could boil it down, <laughs> um,
2: you know, churches today, most of us are trying to attract new people and young families and so what you tend to see is a lot of uh sheep stealing you know i'm going to try to steal your young families i'm going to try to steal your young families and then you know now more than ever you know churches try to do vacation bible schools uh christmas pageants anything with kids because when the kids are there the parents are there the grandkids you know the grandparents are there um so there is i think in today's culture um a realization that um you know churches are aging and there's a real contest to get those young people involved and get them in church and sometimes you're reaching out to people who you know the first (laughs) the first sort of mostly unchurched generation was the baby boomers mm-hmm. and uh not that that was entirely the case but that was the first one to kind of leave on bigger numbers so sometimes you're trying to recruit people to church and trying to extend christ to them and try to get them to be people of faith and there may be two or three generations unchurched so i mean it's a different game you know
1: It does seem, too, like people are seeking answers in very different areas and places these days. Uh, You know, the metaphysics, the occult, the, you know, you name it, world religions. It just seems like a smorgasbord of competitive ideas are out there distracting people. And then you've got all the online stuff, too. So, Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does sound like quite quite a... uh, quite a mountain to climb Uh, i know uh studying a little bit more about american history as i work on a degree uh you know came across the first great awakening the second great awakening that at different points in our history there were periods of revival for in faith and it does seem like we're in one of those lulls in between and uh, maybe there'll be another one at some point you have any thoughts about that
2: really hope there is uh you know it's i i talked to pastors who have been retired for you know 10-15 years and they said oh when they went into ministry they said don't plan on retiring the church is in decline the church won't be here when you retire so this is this sort of gradual decline and attendance at churches and those sorts of things are Uh, you know we're on a trajectory that's been going on a while we're kind of catching up to Europe which is you know very secular Mm -hmm. and uh, what I try to do and I do this in the bramble rambles too is rather than focus on numbers which institutions like denominations of churches they love numbers every Sunday I get an email to report what was your attendance how many in Sunday school how much money was given And I think that's, you know, that that focus on numbers to me is anathema to ministry. You know, this is about people. This is about lives. And so rather than focus on those sorts of institutional survival things, I try to focus on God and how that relates to people.
1: Bob, we're going to take another break. We'll be
0: right back. Sunbury Press Books brings you the work of independent, diverse authors. Hearth and Home Press brings you When I Listen to a Farmer by Pete Curran, a book of photos and stories from American farmers. Also check out Fly Fishing for Trout and Bass, A Beginner's Quick Guide by Charles F. Johnson, and At Home, 92 Home-Based Activities to Keep Adults and Children Busy, Sane, and Centered by Prudence Ingerman. Find these and other intriguing works at sunburypress.com.
1: I'm back with the Reverend Bob Ford, the author of Bramble Rambles, Beagle Tales series, and Rabbit Stew for Your Soul. We've been discussing the uh, the current state of the various churches in the world and trying to get the message out in different ways, creative ways. And I, I think your material definitely does that. Um, now, I, I do want to shift though to Beagle Tales, which. Is, is how we got together originally over 10 years ago and started publishing this series, which has done very well. It's now trademarked Beagle Tales. It's also been pirated, which uh, I think <laughs> is the ultimate compliment, is to be pirated as much as you've been pirated. So,
2: <laughs> Yeah, there were a dozen different books that never pretended to be anything but, uh, you know, pet owner books, and yeah, they were verbatim Beagle Tales 1.
1: You were pirated more than a bootleg Bob Dylan concert, <laughs> if so it seemed. I, I don't get why. Uh, I mean, I obviously the books were uh, somewhat popular and and were getting some attention, but somebody decided to just put a different uh, veneer on each one and <laughs> fifteen different ways. Uh, thank God your uh, your friend uh, bought one of these bogus books and and uh, tipped us off because yeah.
2: Exactly, he did. He bought it, and he said, "You know, he said this looks like your book, the stories." And I said, "It absolutely is my book."
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who was who was that guy that said, "Steal my book"? Uh, oh, I'm trying to think who that was back in the '60s. Anyway, Abby Hoffman. Abby steal Hoffman, steal yeah. this book. Steal this book. Yeah. <laughs> well, we would we'd love everybody to steal Bob Ford's books, but we we'd be better off if you paid for them, please. <laughs> and so. So, uh, you know, obviously very popular uh, concept here if people are willing to uh, risk stealing it and pirating it. But tell us a little bit about Beagle Tales and, and your inspiration there. I, I'm guessing it's similar to Bramble Rambles, but maybe a little more more focused on the dogs and hunting.
2: Yeah, so all of those books contain articles that I have written for various magazines over the years. And at one point, I wrote for three different Beagle niche magazines per month. So at one point, I was writing 36 articles a month, and they all had to be different. It wasn't like they were syndicated or anything. So, and I wrote mostly humor. Um, You know, as a kid, my favorite author was Pat McManus, who, who worked at Field and Stream and then Outdoor Life. And so that was my primary sort of influence for how I write humor. And then, you know, later uh, I fell upon finding books written by Gene Hill, who was a dog guy. And, you know, he wrote a little humor, but he wrote some more serious, you know, type of introspective thinking and that sort of a thing. So I always say, you know, uh, I'm just trying to, I'm just peddling cheap, (laughs) cheap, uh con jobs i'm just sort of doing a bad version of mcmanus and a bad version of gene hill and putting them together and that's what i write (laughs) and so very often uh these would be in these beagle magazines and most of the other writers would tell a hunting story and i can't tell you how boring a hunting story is to me they're all the same it's like we went out in the woods we put the dogs down they chased rabbits, we killed some rabbits, other ones got away, the end. There's al- I mean, there's <laughs> only some pen to tell that story, <laughs> you know? So what I tend to do is just use the beagles as a medium to tell some bigger story, yeah. you know? And a lot of times it's humor about my marriage, you know, if I you know, tried to save some gas money and put a bunch of stinky beagles into my wife's car and they run around the upholstery and all that sort of Showing thing. Showing up smart. in some
1: dirty clothes at a family outing or
2: yeah,
1: interacting yeah, yeah. with a bunch of vegetarians. <laughs>
2: yes, 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 yes. And, and, you know, that sort of a thing. Or, you know, one year, uh, you know, it was in October and my wife said, oh, you're going – you know, hunting. I said, yeah, I'm going hunting. She said, um, well, there's a gathering that we have to go to. Can you stop there when you get out of the woods? And I was like, where? And she told me and I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so she wanted me to go there directly from the woods because I would be wearing my cotton duck pants and my bibs and all of that sort of thing. And it looked like I was in a costume. Because it was a costume party, and I've always said I think adult costume parties are kind of weird. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, so, you know, I mentioned that I went rabbit hunting in that particular article, but that wasn't really what the story was about. You know what I mean?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: that was one of the ones I, that stuck out for me. <laughs> yeah, I, I like, too, where you, you kind of talk about the old days, too, or other, other relatives or friends, uncles, grandfathers, and, you know, you, you connect the past as well. And, yeah yeah all very well done. And then we got rabbit stew for your soul, which we were a little concerned at first about the title because of chicken soup, but I think we found it was different enough. Rabbit stew is definitely not chicken soup, so I think we're good. Right. but <laughs> those recipes tell us about what what's there and if if you are listening and you're you happen to be uh, procuring rabbit, uh, here's some ideas for you.
2: So there's, what, 20 recipes in there. i got, I should get another one ready. i got a bunch of other recipes, but, you know, when you, you know, there was a time period before I was married when, for whatever reason, I decided, well, well, I know what happened. I was out one day rabbit hunting, and the dog ran into a cow pasture, and the cow tried to kill the dog stomping down and all this, that, and the other. And I stood there looking at this cow. It was a beaver. I'm sitting there thinking, this rabbit that I'm hunting is smarter than this cow because it knows it's food. You know, the poor rabbit knows he's food. These cows don't. You know, for, I don't know, six, seven years maybe, I, I went on a kick where the only meat I ate, if I wasn't at somebody's house or at a restaurant, was meat that I got myself. So it was a lot of venison. It was a lot of rabbit. It was a lot of uh grouse doves, and i just thought you know that's the way i should live and i was able to do well enough hunting to do that until i got married and acquired a stepson then i I just wasn't that good of a hunter (laughs) but you know i got creative in ways to cook rabbits you know i mean there for years i would get a hundred or more rabbits a year and i just got creative in ways to cook them because you know it's kind of a versatile meat um it, it, it's kind of like chicken that way You know, tastes like chicken, chicken <laughs> right everything has to taste like chicken but it's a tougher meat so you gotta get creative and either you know cook it low and slow you can grind it up you know i mean these things run their entire lives and if you don't know what you're doing you wind up with a very dry tough meal and so i just you know have found ways to cook it that people who don't think they want to eat wild game will eat them and you know they love it i mean one year we had a super bowl party when the steelers were in there and my wife had a bunch of people over and i would keep all the front legs of the rabbits Mm -hmm. separate which are more tender than the back legs and I cook them up like hot wings with different hot sauces or you know garlic sauces or whatever and you know they were labeled on our little buffet table as wings but the wings (laughs) were in quotes and (laughs) one of my wife's poor friends who uh, didn't realize the quotation marks meant something she ate like 10 of them wow and she was like oh these are delicious she said these you know, and I said, well, you know, I said, it's one of my favorite ways to cook rabbit. And she looked at me and her face went white. <laughs> oh, She's God. like, I think, Nick, I think I'm going to be sick, she said. But not until she ate ten of
0: them. <laughs> wow.
1: That's a, hopefully she survived that experience. <laughs>
2: yes, yes, yes. She just, you, know, you know, rabbits are cute. I get that. But,
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> so anyway, we're, we're just about out of time. Uh as we close here I wanted to ask you uh what you're working on now. I know we got another Beagle Tales volume coming up.
2: Uh there's a Beagle Tales volume there. I have uh if it goes well enough I have more Bramble Rambles. Um I'm working on one which would be focused on Lent and Easter and one which is about Advent and Christmas. Okay. Um, and, you know, and I'd have to go through and see what I have left with the Beagle Tales series. Uh, you know, I don't know if I would do, you know, continue in the numbers, 8, nine, ten, or, you know, if I would try to create some kind of a themed one like the Christmas one.
1: Yeah, go more topical. Yeah. 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 And then you mentioned more recipes. So, uh, Wow. How many ways can you cook a rabbit? I guess we're going to find <laughs> out. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, you know, traditionally, you, you talk to a lot of rabbit hunters; they just eat nothing but fried rabbit. Yeah, you know, it's like, uh, and, and and so you know what? It, and I it intentionally left fried rabbit out of the first cookbook because right, right. everybody has a fried rabbit recipe, but. I do have one uh, for the second cookbook, and I'm going to call it PFC, which sounds like KFC, but PFC is for Pennsylvania Fried Cottontail.
1: Okay. I like that.
2: uh, And it's a little different way to do it than what most people have done. And, you know, I mentioned cook them low and slow. I cook these things in olive oil at 190 degrees. Until they're tender.
1: I'm getting, Not I'm getting hungry.
2: Too hot to boil the water out of it, and then I just give a little flash fry to it, and, and it's done. And I mean, it's it's the most tender fried rabbit I've ever had. So,
1: yeah, cook rabbit to fool your friends. That might be <laughs> another way to do it. <laughs> 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 your guests will love it till they know what it is.
2: <laughs> How? how to sneak wild game to your city
1: friends there yeah. you go hey bob we're gonna have to go it's been great talking yep. to you we'll have you back
0: thank you for listening to the sunbury press book show on the Bookspeak network check out our website at www.sunburypress.com for our latest releases be sure to subscribe to our newsletter to receive special offers and discounts